0: The name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Uh, through the grace of God, we will study tonight chapter twenty-five from the Gospel of Saint Matthew. Uh, the chapter main point are the importance of being prepared and also productive, the importance of being prepared and productive. Also, the basis upon which the nations will be judged. The basis upon which the nations will be judged. Uh, As you know, in chapter 24, the Lord spoke about the end of the times And while he was speaking about the end of the time, the message that he wanted to deliver to the disciples to be ready, to be prepared and productive in their life. That's why he concluded his discourse that he started about the end of the time by giving two parables. The first parable, is the one of the wise and foolish versions, and the second parable is about the talents, the parable of the talents. And these two parables have the same message, to be ready and also to be productive in your life. Then after these two parables, he concluded by explaining upon which base Uh, upon which basis the nations will be judged when he told them I was hungry and you give me food I was thirsty and you give me drink etc. So let's start uh, by verse 1 from Matthew 25 Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Uh, So here the Lord is adding another exhortation to the life of watchfulness. He wanted all of us to be watchful. So he gave us this parable of the ten virgins, and due to the importance of this parable, every night in the first watch of the midnight hour, we read this parable. Uh, Also, this parable uh, emphasizes that we don't know the day or the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Because it is not for us to know the day or the hour. God the Father put this in his own authority, as we read in Acts chapter 1. Also this kingdom, this parable starts with the kingdom of heaven. Many parables started with the kingdom of heaven, so this is one of the kingdom of heaven parables. In most of the parables of the kingdom of heaven we will find god is using the present tense not the future tense because the kingdom of heaven is the church here on earth that is the kingdom of heaven when you are baptized and join the church you are actually part of the kingdom of heaven that's why the lord uses present tense, not future tense, in order to describe uh, that the kingdom of heaven is heaven on earth, which is the uh, church of God. Uh, This parable portrays for us the closing events, the judgment day, and the closing of the heavenly gates. We will read the door was shut So, this parable focuses on the end of the days and the closing of the uh, gates of the heaven as well as the Judgment Day. Uh, The whole image or the whole parable is taken from the Eastern marriage customs. In order to understand this parable, you need to be aware of the Easter marriage customs during the time of our Lord Jesus Christ. The marriage used to go through three stages. The first stage, we call it engagement. Second stage is called betrothal. Third stage is marriage, which actually is the consummation of marriage. Betrothal, what's the difference between betrothal and uh, engagement? Betrothal is like uh, civil marriage. Betrothal is like civil, civil marriage. They have a marriage contract between both of them. But when the marriage is consummated, that is the marriage That's the actual marriage. So when we read about St. Mary, that she is the wife of Joseph, because they were betrothed, so they were considered legally married, although the marriage was never consummated. As we know, we believe in the perpetual virginity of St. Mary, and she never married uh, Joseph. Also, St. Paul used the word betrothal when he described our relationship with Christ. He said, I betrothed you to present a chaste virgin to Christ. So, when we believe, when we believe this is like the engagement, the acceptance of the proposal but when we go through the sacraments of the church like baptism repentance, confession communion, confirmation that's the betrothal like now I'm writing a contract with Christ which actually happened in the baptism when we renounce Satan and we vow our life to Christ but the consummation of marriage will happen when Christ comes on the cloud in his second coming and we will be caught up to meet him that's why we read in the book of of Revelation about the wedding of the lamb and the supper of the wedding of the lamb so the marriage did not happen yet although we have a contract we have a contract. And for this contract, God gave us his Holy Spirit like the dowry, And the Holy Spirit actually dwells in us in the sacrament of confirmation. Uh, when the time for the celebration of the marriage came, I'm speaking to you, the Eastern tradition of marriage. When the time of the wedding came comes, the bridegroom comes to the house of the bride and brought, bring her by night to his own house. So the bridegroom goes to the house of the bride to take her to his own house. And the version bride means await his coming and attended the bride to the marriage feast. So, this was a tradition. In this parable, we read about ten virgins. Ten virgins signifying all mankind. You know, number five represents human being. Number five represent the human being because of the five senses. 10, number 10 represent two groups of the human being because here the 10 versions are divided into two groups, five wise and five foolish. And versions, because he's speaking here about those who vowed their life to Christ, those who are baptized. He's speaking here about the believers, not about all humankind, but the believers. But unfortunately, even within the believers, within the virgins, we will find some foolish and some wise. And Who is the bridegroom here? It is Christ. Christ is the bridegroom. And we are his bride. The believers, the church, is the bride of Christ. And Christ is the bridegroom. So, his church is his faithful and virginal bride. The condition of the church at the end of the world shall be like the condition of the ten virgins described in this parable. We will find in this parable that all the virgins have oil lamps which they must keep burning as they await the coming of the bridegroom. In verse 2 we read, Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So here actually we have vessels, we have lamps, and we have oil. The main difference between the two groups are the oil the wise or the prudent are those who truly enjoy the purity and holiness of their religion but foolish virgins are those who only confessed Christ believed in him but they did not have any works to reflect this faith so their faith was without works. As I told you, the ten represent all the believers. All of them believed, all of them were baptized. But the wise, actually they added to their faith virtue, works. But the foolish, they professed Christ without adding any virtues, without adding any works to their faith. Apparently, all of them, they started all of them all right. They had oil, that's the Holy Spirit, they have lamps, and they have vessels. The vessel here represents their hearts, and the oil represents the Holy Spirit in our heart. and the lamps are our works. lit. Your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So, the is not only let their light shine as we read in Matthew chapter 5, let your light shine before men, but at the same time, they kept the oil, the grace of the Holy Spirit renewed within them. Why? Because this was essential to the continuity of shining. That's why St. Paul told us don't quenish the Spirit. Don't grieve the Spirit of God that's in you. All of us, we received the grace of the Holy Spirit. But some of us quenished the Holy Spirit Some of us grieved the Holy Spirit. That's why although they started with shining lamp, but now there is no oil, so the lamp is not shining anymore. So the oil is the grace of the Holy Spirit. That is the faith in us. Believing in the Holy Spirit, accepting Christ, because no one can say Christ is God except by the Holy Spirit. And the fizzle are the heart, in which this oil, the grace of the Holy Spirit, is contained. The lamps are the profession or enjoying the burning and shining the light of the gospel of Christ. By keeping the commandment of God, that is the word, the gospel of Christ, by obeying him, so our light will shine before men. Uh, So the flames of the oil lamps represent the spiritual light of the Holy Spirit that's giving life to the church. We should remember that the Lord spoke about the Holy Spirit as a fire when he said in Luke twelve forty nine, I came to cast fire upon the earth and would that it were already kindled. And I would that it, would already, it were already kindled. Also, in the Pentecost, God sent the Holy Spirit like uh, tongues of fire. So, this fire in the lamp is the fire of the Holy Spirit when actually we put the commandment of God into work. When we obey the word of God, actually this light will be the light of the Holy Spirit shining in us. St. Gregory teaches that by the lamps faith is meant and by the light good works is meant. So you have the oil in your heart that's faith, but to have the the light shining that is your good works. And St. Gregory said that the bad or the foolish, although they have lamps, which means faith, they are Christian, but uh, that is no less than good, will be excluded. So if you don't have good works, the person will be excluded on the last day. Because the lamps are out, so their faith is considered dead. As St. James said, faith without works is dead. Without charity and good works to enlighten us and to enlighten the world, our faith is considered dead. St. Augustine declares that these lighted lamps are good works, works of mercy, which shine forth before men. Also, St. Augustine says that this oil is a right inward intention. Your intention behind the good works, directing all our works to the greater glory of God, and not to the praise of ourselves in the sight of men. Maybe some people have works, but they don't have the good oil. When you have the good oil, which is the grace of the Holy Spirit, you will do everything for the glory of God. But if you have the wrong kind of oil, the wrong motive, the wrong intention. Maybe you have good works, but the purpose of good works is to glorify yourself or to get the praise of men rather than glorifying God. The foolish virgins had a little oil in their lamps at first. This little oil was sufficient to shine before men but some little external manifestation of piety or certain works done through fear or human respect or human profit. So this wrong kind of oil or little amount of oil represents when you have good works but maybe you are doing them out of fear, not out of love or in your mind, you want to get profit from God in return, or to get human respect or human praise. But the foolish, the foolish versions, they had some oil in the lamps, but they don't have any oil in the vessels, in their hearts and conscience. That's why when the lamp went out, Actually, they have no more oil to keep the lamp shining. But the wise virgins, actually, they had oil. They kindled the grace of the Holy Spirit in their hearts. That's why their life was shining all the days of their life. So we can see here, the quality that made difference between the versions is the wisdom. Wisdom. So, we read in verse 5, And while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. Sleeping here, referring to death, physical death. All of us, we will die one day physically. And delaying of the bridegroom is the time between the ascension of Christ and his second coming. Some people expected Christ to come soon, although Christ in many parables emphasizes that the bridegroom will be delayed in order to give opportunity for us to repent and to have our lamps shining. So the delay here represents that we do not know in what day or what hour the bridegroom is coming and we should not expect his coming To be soon. Then in verse 6, and at midnight a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. This cry at midnight means he will come when he is not expected whether individually or in the second coming. None of us knows the time of his death, physical death. And many times the physical death comes unexpected. Many times that prepares us with illness or diseases. But some people actually die suddenly like a cry at the midnight. So, we don't know. But this cry also can refer to the last trumpet when Christ comes on the cloud in his second coming. Verse 7, Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Trimmed? their lamps mean to remove the burned parts of uh, the torch in order actually to burn clear. So all of them removed the burned part. But after this, it has to be dipped or immersed in oil. Otherwise, if there there was no oil, it will not shine. We read in the book of Revelation that the righteous will meet Christ and their works will follow them. So the works here are the shining of the righteous because of the grace of the Holy Spirit that they have. So, with the coming of Christ all of us will be risen, all of us the righteous and the dead the the wicked as we read in John chapter 5 the hour is coming in which all those who are in tombs will hear his voice so those who did well or the righteous will be raised to the resurrection of life but those who are wicked will be raised into the resurrection of condemnation. So when he said, then all those virgins arose because resurrection for everybody. Trimmed their lamps, they start to be ready for the judgment, to stand before Christ's judgment. But at this moment, the foolish realize that they have faith, but no works. That's why the foolish, verse 8, said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. They all alarmed, the wise and the foolish. They are anxious and trembling because the judgment hour has come. And the foolish start to ask the help of the wise because they were not ready, but it was too late. The wise virgins, they have their oil ready, their lamps trimmed and burning, and they are very, very ready to stand before Christ. But the foolish, because They don't make provision of oil. They don't kindle the grace of the Holy Spirit. They don't obey the word of God. They don't have any good works. That's why they are uh, compelled at the last day to be judged to condemnation before God. Then they asked the wise virgins, telling them, Our lamps are going out. Unfortunately, many people are trusting their faith alone. Many people believe that faith only will save them without any works. And because of this, actually, they did not keep good works in their life. So in the last days they are not shining. They recognize it now the superior wisdom of the wise virgins. That's why they start to seek their assistance to hide their own deficiencies because they didn't have work. So actually, God here is giving us a warning that faith without works is dead. Don't trust your faith only. You need actually to have your faith demonstrated by good works. And don't delay the good works until the moment of death. Sometimes it is too late at the moment of death. Verse 9 But the wise answered saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. So the wise told them Our good works cannot be shared. We cannot impart our good works to you. Nothing can make up for not being ready at the last moment. When the wise told them, Go rather to those who sell and buy for yourself, this was not an advice. From the wise to the foolish, but rather this was a rebuke. They rebuked them for the poor state, uh, poor status in which they are right now. They didn't have enough works. They did not demonstrate their faith in works. That's why he told they told them, "Go." to those whom you trusted. As if they were telling them, in life, you may have good works, but for the praise of men, in order to be approved by men, not for for the glory of God. That's why, go to these men, Maybe they can help you. Of course, they cannot. But as if they are telling them, You asked the approval of men. Now you realize that the praise of men cannot help you in the day of judgment. Go now to those to whom you have given all your actions. Go and see what their praises will avail. What peace of conscience they can give you. And if they have praised you and made you esteemed in the eyes of men, see if they can do the same before the eyes of God. These are the words of St. Augustine. So he said, St. Augustine, as if the wise virgins told them, go and see people who esteemed you very high on earth, see if they can esteem you very high before the eyes of God. That's why St. Paul said, who is praised is the one who is praised by God, not by men. When they told them that our lamps are going out, our lamps are going out, means once in their life they were lighted. Once in their life their heart was illuminated and warmed by faith and works. But however, gradually they drifted away as they started to seek the praise of men rather than the praise of God. Verse 10 And while they went to buy the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. Went to buy means they start to think about anything good thing they did in their life that can help them before God. They start to search among people. Did they do anything for the glory of God? But while they were doing this, the bridegroom took the righteous and ascended to the heaven of heavens and the door was shut. And they were excluded from the heaven. The foolish virgins were excluded from heaven because of their carelessness, because they esteemed the praise of men more than the praise of God. Because they have let the light that was in them become darkness and have not applied in time for a fresh supply of the salvation of God. They did not kindle the grace of the Holy Spirit in their heart. Yes, there is time here on earth when we can be helpful to one another. But in the Judgment Day, we, will not be, we cannot actually share our good works to, with one another. After we die, it is too late. Uh, after we die, if you don't have your faith demonstrated by good works, nobody can heal, help you, even the dearest relative to you. Then the door was shut. Verse 11. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. After the final day of judgment, there will be no room for prayer and good works. Saint Jerome said so. There will be no room for prayer and good works. Because, Lord, Lord, open for us, this was like a prayer, but it's too late. Yes, it is a miserable thing when a person discovers the emptiness of his heart from all that is good and also it is too late to make any successful application for relief. So we have the time right now before it is too late. Those who are prepared Those who are ready are those who have the faith that works by love in their hearts, and their lives are adorned with all the fruits of the Holy Spirit. But the others, the door was shut before them. How dreadful and fatal words. No hope remains. There is no hope for those who did not have their faith, actually demonstrated by words here on earth. So the door was shut means what? Means death, because with death, the door is shut and we cannot do anything after we die. This may surprise us in our sins, and then actually despair will follow. That's why we need to be ready. We need to be ready. It is like when the door of the ark during the time of Noah was shut, people could not get in and all those who were outside were drowned by the flood. We need to be ready for the coming of Christ. Verse 12, But he answered, the Lord answered, and said, Assuredly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Jesus gave a warning. He gave a warning in the Sermon on the Mountain when he said, Uh, Not everyone who calls Jesus Lord will enter the gates of heaven. But only those who do the will of God only those who do the will of God will enter into heaven. While we are living on earth, we hear these beautiful words. Knock and it will be open to you. But in the day of judgment, even when the door is shut, no knocking will open the door for us. When he said, I do not know you, the word know here means I do not approve you, I do not acknowledge you, you are not my uh, Disciples, you are not my followers, you are not my bride. So when he said, I do not know you, he meant, I don't acknowledge you as Christian. Yes, you were baptized, but I don't acknowledge you as a Christian. I don't approve of you, I do not delight on you or admit that you are my bride or my disciple. So, St. Augustine said, we may always keep watching to our hearts by faith, hope, charity, and all other good works. We may always keep watching to our hearts by faith, hope, charity, and all good works. So, when the Lord said, watch therefore, He summarizes this parable in one word, watch. Watch is the scope or the design of the whole parable. So this is a great truth that God wants to emphasize here. In all the parts of the parable, we need to live the life of watchfulness. the warning that has been given throughout his discourse is repeated once again. Be ready, be watchful, be prepared, be vigilant because you do not know the day or hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Either coming to me as individual or in his second coming to judge the world. So, To summarize the parable, the bridegroom is Christ. The time of the marriage is the coming to judgment, the day of judgment, when he comes in his second coming. The waiting time, when the bridegroom is delayed, is actually is long, an unknown period between his ascension and his return. His second coming. The the virgins represent the waiting church, all of us. Wise virgins represent those church members who are always ready and whose lights are shining. The oil in their vessels is the means by which their light is supplied, the grace of the Holy Spirit. The foolish virgins are the church members, believers, Christians, who have become cold and lifeless, lukewarm. The midnight cry is the trumpet of judgment, the last trumpet. The cry for oil is an attempt by the foolish virgins to be ready in the face of judgment. The shut door is the declaration that such repentance is too late to benefit them. After this, there is no repentance. And the great lesson for all of us in this parable is to be watchful. This is actually the first parable in chapter 25 about the wise version and the foolish versions and as I told you due to the importance of this version of this uh, parable we repeat it every night in the first watch of the midnight hour then the Lord gave them another parable the second parable is called the parable of the talents We read, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. So, the Lord Jesus Christ is giving us another parable to emphasize the importance of being ready, watchful wise and faithful the man here who is traveling to a far country is Christ the Lord Jesus Christ traveling to a far country is Christ ascending up to heaven and as we read in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 8 when he ascended to heaven he gave us gifts because he sent the Holy Spirit on the Pentecost and he gave us gifts. The gifts here what he mentioned he delivered his goods to them. Then we read in verse 15 and to one he gave five talents to another two and to another one to each according to his own ability to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. The talent actually is an enormous amount of money in the ancient world. So when he says five talents, or two talents, or even one talent, reflect how God is generous in giving spiritual gifts to us, And He gave distributed the talents based on your own ability. He calibrates those spiritual gifts according to the ability of His disciples or His servants. He gave us these talents because we can do no good of ourselves. But through the gifts of God, through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we can actually do good works. But when God gives us the gift, He expects from us cooperation, to work with Him, to participate with Him, to trade with these gifts, to make profit with these talents. So the servants could only make use of the talents given them by gaining others, when to gain others. And the proportion of the gifts is different to each according to their ability, but each one is expected to have a profit. The one who received one talent, the other who received two talents, and the third who received five talents, each one expected to be productive and to have a profit. Both he who received five and he who received only two talents received an equal reward of entering into the joy of the Lord. At the end of the parable, the Lord said to the one who received five talents, and the one who received the two talents enter into the joy of your master. So he received the same reward. So don't get anxious if you received less talents or more talents. What actually determines your status in heaven is not how many talents you received, but how faithful and wise you were in using these talents. Actually, those who receive much, much is expected from them. And those who receive little, little is expected from them. And we notice here that the servants had nothing. These talents were given completely from God. And because they are servants, they deserved, deserved nothing and had no claim on their master. But in his kindness, he delivered to them all his goods. He distributed the goods. Why? Not for his advantage, but to serve one another. As St. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good steward of the manifold grace of God. So when I receive a gift, God give me this gift to benefit you. And your gifts is to benefit me. So these gifts is not for the advantage of God but given to benefit one another. And he gave to each according to the power he had to improve what was given, to make profit, to trade and to make profit with the talent that he received. It would not be just to give a servant more talent than what he is capable to trade or to make profit with. Verse 16 Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them, and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. Traded with them means, uh, literally he was busy all his life Using the gifts that God granted him to serve others. The fact that the capital was doubled implies that the trading was active and prosperous. They were busy, they traded all their life. And this trade started immediately. So uh, the work has speedily begun. As soon as the master gave the talents and departed, so soon they began to, to labor work and to make profit. They did not lose even one moment because every moment has its grace. The first one doubled the five talents and the second one also doubled the two talents he received. And again, it doesn't matter how much talents or how many talents we received, but how faithful and how wise we were in using these talents. Verse 18 But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. Actually, it was a common thing to hide treasures in the earth, in the ground. This servant, actually, the only care is for of this servant is to hold what he had received from the master. He received one talent, he wanted to actually to return it back as one talent. But also, this servant was not in gratitude to, to the Savior. He was not grateful to him as we see in the judgment, he attacked him. He attacked him. And God gave us the talents not to bury them, but to serve one another. So if you have a talent or a gift, and you are refusing to help others with your gift, this person will be similar to this wicked servant. His master gave him a talent. And this servant was capable to make profit with this talent. That's why God gave him a talent. And actually, if he made profit and used it for the benefit of others, he would actually enjoy the eternal kingdom with God. But unfortunately, at the end, he did not enjoy the eternal salvation, also he insulted the mercy of his Lord, of his Master. Rather than laboring and exerting himself to improve what he has received, actually he went and hid the talent. So the man who hid the talent represents all those who have received any good quality from God. Whether it is mental or corporal, but they did not use it for the glory of God. And they did not use it to serve one another. Maybe it's used only for their own glory. Verse 19 After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. After a long time, another hint that the second coming of Christ would be long delayed. It's not soon. It will be long delayed. These talents, these servants are stewards. With stewardship, we expect accountability. He came to ask each one of them, Give an account of your stewardship. Before God, in the last day, we will give account for our life. Verse 20. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you deliver to me five talents. Look! I have gained five more talents beside them. His lord said to him, "Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your lord." The one who received, the one who received five talents, and the one who received talents were ready to give in a joyful account when the master came and called for them. They were ready. They were not afraid. They came without delay. They expected his coming. They were ready to his coming. And it was with an eye to his coming that they continued their work and their labor on earth. They endured as seeing him who is invisible. They endured here on earth because they saw God who is invisible. They came to him without fear. The master before whom they appear has always loved them and gives them many, many gifts because he loved them. And in return, they loved him because of his love. They obeyed him and they worked hard to use his talents and make profit because they loved their master. The Lord said, he who loves me keeps my works. So, when we love him, we will keep his words and will make profit with our talents. And they rendered to him all what they had, the five talents that they gave, that he gave them, and also the five talents that they made as a prophet. So they rendered up their accounts without confusion. He who received five brought five others and he who received it too brought two more. Nothing was to be done when their master called. They did not tell him, give me some time, I'm not ready. No, they were ready. All their business was fully prepared. I like what we read in John chapter 17 when Jesus said to the Father, the work that you have given me, I have finished it. The work that you have given me, I have finished it. They gave up everything to their master without attempting to keep anything for themselves. Because they knew that their ability was given from him. The talents were given from him. The continued power to serve others with the talent was given by him. So... All is from God and all must be returned to God. Verse 22 He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you deliver to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Here we can see how they received the praise from God. What a glorious thing to have God's approval and God's praise, not the praise of men. They were good, pure, upright, within. They were faithful unwise, glorified God by using the talents He gave them to serve one another. That's why they received gracious promises from God. They received glory from God. They received joy. As they were partakers here on earth in His work, now they will be sharers of his glory in heaven. That's why he told them, enter into the joy of your Lord. The joy shall be their eternal reward. The joy will be their eternal reward. Suffering here on earth, even martyrdom for Christ, will be nothing if we compared it with the abundant eternal joy. If we compare the suffering here on earth with the eternal joy, actually there is no comparison. Uh, This chapter actually is 46 verses, Uh, that's why we will divide it. Now we finished 23 verses, so it will be enough for tonight, and uh, next time, God willing, we will finish the rest of this chapter. Glory be to God forever and ever. If you have any comments or questions,